Tis I, Lord Podcast. Are you yearning to equip yourself with the confidence to record? Elijah, the skilled podcast professional, is preparing himself for a tale of tools and skill that only a mighty podcaster may employ in one's podcast journey. Elijah, I do believe that we shall teach our weary wanderer the confidence that they strive to achieve. Shall we start a podcast? We shall. It's settled. Let's start a podcast. My name's Elijah. I'm the host, and Coraline is here to talk about launch and strategy. She has a lot to say about what you should be doing to podcast launch. But first, Coraline, I really need to understand that you're qualified. You have the street cred to talk about launch strategy. So I have a few questions. You ready? Let's go. Uh, you're ready for anything. I love this. And you're in the dating scene. You're you're taking these cool selfies like way up in the <laughs> angles and getting getting the sweet angles going so you can have that perfect date, right? Maybe lunch turns into breakfast. Maybe not. But I, I need to know. It's been a long time since I've dated. I need to understand when is the appropriate time to text a, a person back your interest is it right away or do you let them wait play hard to get for a couple days so i've been i'm a big fan of testing things like i like to try a bunch mm. of different strategies and then see what works best um so the ab tests with yeah. yeah so i've been doing both so far the just replying when you have your phone in your hand seems to be the best bet i don't seem to notice that like leading them on or making them wait for it uh, you know, does any better for the situation. So as long as I'm on my phone and my phone's around and I see the notification, I I'm the type of person who'll answer it right away. Yeah. I I'm sorry to say this, but I don't think you're in your twenties anymore. And maybe those games just aren't for you. Right? <laughs> yeah. I don't really just get it over with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I have no time. You're a female founder. You have no time to waste. Just let's go. Let's have lunch and move on. Yeah, exactly. The sooner the better. Because then I feel like it's easier too, to gauge someone in person than it is, you know, via long, long, long text conversations, which also seems to be a thing in the dating world. Um, so I prefer to just, yeah, let's grab lunch. Let's grab dinner or a drink and see if there's anything there. <laughs> And if there is anything there, when is the appropriate time to talk about the bedroom romance under the covers? Again, it's been a while. I never really knew. My friends are all impatient. What, what's your take? Yeah, I think everybody is a little bit impatient. I feel like there's a little bit of, I have a, I have a mind that just lives in the gutter. I'm going to say that. My brain just lives in the gutter. So, um, you know, if the conversation's good, it usually comes up. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. I think everybody's different, but... I tend to make offside inappropriate jokes sooner rather than later, just just to see what the person's like. <laughs> just to feel it out, and yeah. if it's if they're not taking your segue off of bacon and eggs and tomatoes, then it's over, yep. right? No, it not happening. <laughs> exactly. You ride motorcycles too, right? I do. Yeah, I drive a BMW F nine hundred R right now. Yep. So that's more of a some. I'm six five. Or, 196 centimeters. So there's probably no way that I would ride well on this bike. It probably wouldn't do too bad. I'm a little short for it, to be honest with you. I'm about five, six mm -hmm. and I struggle with it on hills and stuff like that. It's a heavier bike than what I'm used to, I would say. I mean, you probably do okay. Your knees would get uncomfortable on long rides, but for the mm -hmm. most part, the seating position is pretty upright. So it is pretty spacious for long legged folk. <laughs> Perfect. And when you're upright, do you, do you hit the gas, uh, hit the handle all the way back to the, the wheelies? No, or? 
Is that your thing? No, I'm not a wheelie girl. I'm more of like a long, slow drive through the country girl. Um, I haven't been riding that long, so I tend to take my time. It's also a very uh, dangerous activity to do. So I tend to err more on the side of safety uh, in that part of my life and risky in the the business side of things. <laughs> so when it comes to launching off a motorcycle, you have to really play to your strengths and your comfort zone. You have to know what doesn't work. Yeah. And in this case, it's falling over and breaking something, which is probably bad. Defin yeah. Definitely bad. Yeah. Know your strengths, know your weaknesses. Um, you know, I'm not great on hills. Sometimes I'll stall it out on hills. <laughs> Sometimes launch can take a bit, needs a bit of patience, got to get up that hill and kind of chug along. And then eventually yeah. you'll start to go, right? Once the, the road's flat. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. So so I think this is great. You qualified. You're you're putting up with my strange and wonderful questions to prove your worthiness. So thank you for that. My pleasure. Absolutely. When we're talking about worthiness, what is the worst kind of strategy for launching you ever seen? That something just kind of tanked and you go, oh no, I can't believe they just did that. Got anything? I love gossip. Are we talking podcasts? Or are we talking business products specifically? I'm here for any of the uh, juicy details. So if you want to hit me with business or podcasts or both. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like the same answer probably applies to both kind of. So like on the business product side, if you're launching like a digital product, like a course or something, you know, the worst thing you can do is build it before you sell it and to build it before you build a community of people to sell it to. Right. And I think that coincides with podcasts as well. I think a lot of people, you know, just pop a podcast up without having even a small community of people to launch that to, to share that with when that first episode goes live. And I think that can make for a slower buildup of community, of traffic, of listens, et cetera, over time. And so I think sometimes having that community in the front end set up in the beginning just gives you a smoother launch, a much smoother launch. And if somebody's not uh, privy to the smoother launches, do you think a 10 or a hundred or a thousand listens on the first episode is good? Or is there a particular number that you usually strive for to say, okay, this is going to make it, this is going to be a good one? Yeah. I mean, I think it all depends. You know, I'm a big fan of averages. So, and I, I teach this when I talk about like YouTube or social media content as well is it's less about like the first episode and how many views you get on the first episode and more so like what's the average of the first 10 and can we use that as a benchmark then moving forward to kind of you know set some goals set some objectives and like work on growing our viewership etc perfect so it depends is that fair yeah I mean it depends. I don't want to get too political everybody's different. Everyone's communities are different. The size of what everyone starts with is going to be different. And it's less about like, oh, you know, 10,000 views is a great benchmark and more so like, are you having fun doing it? Does it feel in alignment with you? Are you having conversations you want to have? And if you've checked all of those boxes and you're sharing that organically, then your growth might look different than someone else's. So let's figure out your benchmarks and compare you to you instead of somebody else in the industry. Before we flip the 180, so to speak, and get to the red carpet, you talk a bit about that red carpet approach, the, the plan, the plan to 45, the launch plan on your website. Mm -hmm. Can you remind me where that is again, the, the website? Uh, D2cell.com. Perfect. So that's one of your courses. You have a ton of them. You have great uh, strategies and different models to follow. Uh, can you kind of walk me through that, what that offers? Yeah, so... 
the, I believe the product you're referring to is something we call Momentum Launch System. And what that really is about is setting up your social presence in a way that allows you to kind of create, yes, a red carpet buying experience or listening experience for your end user, whether that be you know someone purchasing a course or someone listening to your podcast. And what it's really about is building anticipation. Right. I mean, you talked a little bit about like, you know, bedroom stuff earlier. And if we can yeah. talk a little bit about that, you know, the anticipation, the build up before something happens is sometimes more important than the action in and of itself happening. And so one of the, you know, key elements of a red carpet experience is creating demand, creating anticipation, creating a buzz around things. If we look at, you know, Taylor Swift, who seems to be a bit of a controversial woman these days. <laughs> but one of the reasons why she's been so success successful, why she has so many viewers from so many different demographics or listeners rather from so many different demographics is because she's been teasing and building anticipation for new albums for years. Right. And so mm -hmm. that is that product is really how do we build that excitement within your community before you even launch it out there so that when you do launch, they're either excited to listen or they're excited to buy or they're excited to you know, sign up for whatever it is that you're actually offering. And now countries are begging her to come because it's like she's the end all be all for you know pandemic rejuvenation of economies and, and states and countries and even uh, Toronto, Canada. Well, you live there. Yep. You're probably super excited for all the traffic blunders and a thousand dollar a night uh, hotel tags and and all the dates are going to get really uh, muddy if you can't get uh, the t-swift tickets yeah the moment that she announced i think she's doing six separate toronto shows in you know well i call it the sky dome that's not what it's called anymore <laughs> i'm old enough where the blue jays played yeah where the blue jays play i'm old enough that it's still the sky dome to me but yeah within you know I think it was something like five hours of her just announcing the dates. All of the hotels were sold out. Every single one of them in Toronto, gone. Just no available options, right? So the ability for her to create demand, yes, revive you know, um, economies is insane, but it's because she has so much anticipation baked into her marketing method. How long do you think you'll take to get to the front row ticket price point that, uh, Taylor Swift has. Do you think you'll match that pretty soon? A couple months, a couple years, or do you think that's just way too much pressure? In terms of like how we price our products. Yeah. Yeah. The services, products, courses, all that sort of stuff. Or if you go singing on stage, maybe they'll pay for that. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not the greatest singer, you know, I can talk forever singing, maybe not my strong suit. But I mean, if we look at our pricing structure, I think it's similar to when you are buying concert tickets where you have you know, kind of nosebleed type offers where they're lower cost, they're more accessible to more people. You know, that's something like the MLS system we just chatted about. But then we do have higher ticket offers that are, you know, probably more in alignment with her front row seats in the five to twelve thousand dollar range. So I think we're we're already there, funnily enough. <laughs> Easy. That was that was a piece of cake. Just made it. It's great. Uh, and there's something for everybody. And I'm trying to hit home that. You, it's hard to do it yourself. If you're going to figure this out, a business entrepreneur, a hobbyist, whatever you're doing with your podcast strategy, really kind of should be having someone to at least guide you uh, through this process if you want to succeed. Or you could just kind of stumble through it a couple of years, but that's not for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I always say like the, you know, the goal of being a mentor, or hiring a strategist or a coach, like whatever term, you know, feels best for you is collapsing time. 
right? So if you were to start a podcast on your own and you don't Google anything and you don't look up any YouTube videos and you don't leverage any resources, it's definitely going to take you longer than if you maybe got on YouTube and started, you know, watching a few videos. And so the whole point of having a business mentor or a strategist who's, or a podcast strategist who's done what you already want to do is they can, you know, cut out the mistakes that they made. And the idea there is that you don't end up making them. Right. So with anything that we do, there's so much free information that is so unbelievably helpful. But I strongly believe that, yeah, having a mentor, having a strategist, having someone to help you launch that idea out into the world, um, it's not going to save you all of your headaches. You're definitely still going to make a bunch of mistakes, but you'll also have someone to talk to when that happens, who's been in your shoes and who can guide you through it a little bit better. Pat you on the head, say they're there, and then exactly. give you a, a swift pat on the rear end, like the football coach does, yeah. and say, "See ya, good Back luck out there." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, get a touchdown or sports points or whatever it is. Yeah, that you're, they talk about. Yeah, you're going to fail a million times, you know. And I think, I think most people don't take that into account when they launch something like a podcast or a digital product. I can't tell you how many, how many. Um, you know, failed podcasts I have. If you search my name on Spotify, I think there's like four or five in there that I that I launched and kind of gave up on and didn't go the way that I planned until we finally, you know, we have the one that we have today and it it does really well. And, you know, the community loves it, but that took us a few rounds to get it right and to um, kind of get into a groove with it. So there's a lot of failure involved in in any success that you're going to have. I was going to say you're holding out on me on the gossip, all this stuff that you, you failed to mention that conveniently talking about now, but in all seriousness, I've had a ton of that stuff too. I talk about nerdy things or games or whatever is hot and cool or, or try different things that are kind of just fun and go, well, life changed or somebody gets married, somebody gets a promotion, or you just say, I'm just going to shift course. And I guess the moral of the story is it's okay. You just, even though I really want to Google your name right now and search for all the failed podcasts <laughs> because I love the gossip, it, it's good to hear that I'm not the only one that has failed attempts, if you will, in, in trying again. So it's cool. Yeah. And I think anyone you talk to that you look up to or has a business or a podcast or a product or anything really, anything in life that you deeply desire or you admire, they will tell you that they failed so many times trying to get there. Um, and anybody who doesn't, I think that's a massive red flag. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think that's a red flag. We're like, it was great. First time around. <laughs> Run. Those sales system ads on Instagram, I've done this. I've done this a oh, hundred yeah. million times. I, I have big muscles. Look at me be successful. I love those ads. They're entertaining for me. It's nice. Yeah, they are entertaining. I think advertising is a super funny part of this industry that keeps getting, uh, I don't know about better, but more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> So when you develop the interest, when you get the success going, I'm going to roll out the red carpet for you. Somebody is when you get that podcast going. How do you get there? What are some steps? What do you what do you talk about? Maybe some systems. Maybe we can implement how how the courses work, whether it's nosebleeds or T Swift ticket prices. Help me understand that to get to that red carpet. Yeah, you know, I think it always starts with an idea and. The thing that I think a lot of people get tripped up on is thinking that they have nothing of value to talk about or to share, or, um, you know, they have no skills to create a course or to build a digital product around. And I always tell people to do a little bit of like internal market research in your life 
first and foremost to kind of figure out what your topics are going to be or what people usually come to you for. So I'll often go, you know, when I first started in a task that all of our students do is I have them ask their friends and family, like, what do you, what do you value my opinion on? You know, what do you notice I light up when I talk about what would you say are my strengths and my weaknesses, you know, and then doing kind of like an audit in your life as well of what do people ask you questions about? Right. And what could you stay up all night reading books on or watching YouTube videos on or, uh, you know, what what gets you going down a TikTok rabbit hole really well. Right. So the first thing is having that really, you know, valuable idea. And from that idea, can you find different unique perspectives or themes that you could create something like an entire show or like an entire course on? Right. So hmm. you've built up this anticipation while you're doing this research. And then the next element, honestly, is to sell it. So, you know, with a podcast, I would probably record my first one to five, maybe even one to 10 episodes, first and foremost, just so that when you do launch, there's 10 episodes for people to watch and listen to to get them hooked in and ready to be there, you know, and excited to keep continuing. And what that also does for you as the podcaster or as the business owner um, is it also gives you space to maybe not record every single week like you need to, right? So I made this mistake really big when I launched a YouTube channel was I only batched two YouTube videos. So I had two YouTube videos available for people to check out and listen to. And I planned on, or watch, sorry, I plan on doing one every single week, but as because it was a new process for me, a new workflow, I had to record it, edit it, you know, do all these different things with it. It took more than a week for me to get a video out. And so mm -hmm. if I had planned ahead and maybe batched five or six videos, I would have given myself more space to create those systems, to understand how long it takes to do things like that. Um, and probably wouldn't have been so, you know, stressed out trying to hit those deadlines every single week. From a systems perspective, you really want to ask what are the things that I'm doing consistently and just document those from a, you know, step one to step 10 to step 20, whatever it is. So, you know, if you have a, for example, you're recording a guest episode, step one is finding a guest, step two is reaching out to them, step three is uh, you know, sending them the link. Step four is making sure that they've submitted that information. Step five is getting that. Uh, link to them before they join. Step six, we got to get on the podcast and record it. Step seven, we might have to do a little editing. Then we plug it in our podcast software. Then we schedule it out, right? And so with the systems and the automations and stuff like that, you want to write down what everything is step one to step Z, however many steps there are. And then I like to go through and ask, do I need to do this? Or can my computer do this for me? so that I'm taking myself out of the process as much as possible. And that's where we start to have, you know, businesses that become more sustainable or podcasts that become more sustainable when we can remove ourselves as much as possible from the actual process of getting something from A to Z. Somebody has startup capital, which is like next to nothing or bleeding cash. How, how soon do you think it'd be good to push for getting assistance or getting those automations in. Should I do it from day one? Or if I absolutely zero, no chance, I have to do everything in a small team of people. Will that hinder my chances or should I try to plan ahead to, to get a budget to get help? Um, I think you should do it yourself for as long as possible. And mm -hmm. that's a pretty controversial opinion. 
Yeah. Uh, I think especially in this space, a lot of people will tell you outsource. If you don't love it, outsource. Um, mm. But I also deeply believe that like your podcast as a whole, let's say it becomes a show with, you know, 100,000 weekly downloads. You need mm. to also make sure that when you have a team managing those 100,000 downloads and those episodes creating that, that you really understand every single part of the process so that you can ensure that quality is maintained throughout the whole thing. So if you outsource too soon, there's a chance that you're going to miss the opportunity to learn the key skills in the process. And therefore you might struggle to lead a team to that next level in the future, right? Um, you know, there are so many cost-effective ways that we can outsource things. For example, like the, you know, the tool that we're using right now, I'm sure it can be used to send reminder emails to your guests. Like I got one before this, right? Um, there was a link that you sent me where I could book things. Like that's an automation already in place. And it's like having a team member on your side. Um, and so you want to look for softwares and stuff like that that you can invest in that are lower cost before you go and outsource to a person. Um, at least that's my philosophy personally. I got I got one right on the Coraline checklist. Sweet. Fantastic. <laughs> this is good. And, and so part of the design to sell is the podcast and that is designed to sell podcast. There's a ton of explicit episodes. So I think that's just transparency and off the cuff stuff, meaning that it's not perfect and polished and, and super scripted, which is nice because then I get the real deal. Uh, what's inside your mind, even though that could be a risky business to check in there, Corlin, it, it's really good. But I, one caught me building a sustainable, scalable business just for funsies. Could you kind of walk me through that? I've listened, but uh, somebody else hasn't. So help me get excited again. Yeah. I mean, I think that we're in a time and, you know, for those of you guys who like aren't super familiar with me, I deeply love technology. I love everything about analytics. I, I deeply love AI. I think AI is fascinating. I love the software that we're sitting on. You know, I really love social media. I think technology has done nothing but enhance our lives. And when it comes to building a sustainable business, one of the reasons why we can do that is because of technology. Um, and I always say, you know, it's never been easier and it's never been more cost effective to build a business than it is today. It's the easiest it's ever been to build a website. It's the easiest it's ever been to build a course. It's the easiest it's ever been to market your business. It's the easiest it's ever been to automate things. It's the easiest it's ever been to sell products on the internet. You know, And that's a really big piece of building a business that is sustainable. You know, I think the other element that kind of goes into sustainability is simplicity. And I think a lot of people overcomplicate business, especially or podcasting, like especially in the first one to three years of business, we think if I have more products and if I have more offers and if I have, you know, a more complex website, then it's my business is going to grow. And it's the exact opposite of that. So a sustainable business is really a very simple one with a very clear direction um, that you can really optimize and optimize and optimize for over time. Um, I've seen a lot of businesses fizzle out because they overcomplicate it, right? They have one really great product. That product is doing extraordinarily well. It's selling extraordinarily well. And instead of continuing to focus on selling that product to more people, they build a different product or they, you know, they go and focus in a different direction. And I always say that, you know, your business is trying to tell you what it needs to be sustainable and to grow. You just have to look at the information. You have to look at the data. You have to look at your metrics. You have to know your numbers. 
And that stuff is also super, super easy to find and not hard to digest because of some of the tools that we have today, right? So sustainability really comes down to keeping it as simple as humanly possible, leveraging as much tech as you humanly can so that your profit margin is still high, right? So we're not we're not looking to have massive teams. We're not looking to, you know, have the most expensive consultants. You know, we're really looking at how can I keep my expenses as low as possible so that my profits can be as high as possible? And how can I stay really, really, really focused on the, the one thing that I really, really want to do? I heard about a popular podcaster that interviewed uh, Drake and Mark Cuban, but she's done about six or seven podcasts so far, um, and she's in heavy debt. She isn't making any money even from just ad sponsorship because she's flying around doing all these things, living a baller life, but yeah. she's not keeping it simple. So you have these big names, but you're like, well, it might fizzle out because I'm going to run out of cash because I'm first class everywhere to meet up with these celebrities. That's not going to work, is it? Well, I mean, it's one of those super interesting things where the celebrity names obviously bring clout and obviously are going to bring eyeballs and attention. And attention is our most sought after um, commodity, I think, in 2023. That's the thing that every tech company in the world is fighting for. That's the thing that every advertiser in the world is fighting for is attention. So, you know, it's a challenging question to answer because on the one hand, she's definitely gaining attention, but we don't know at this point if that attention is going to be enough to have her business turn a profit in the long run, or if she's going to continue to be in the hole, right? To me, I mean, you can look at businesses like Airbnb. They've never once turned a profit, not a profitable company by any means. Um, it doesn't mean that they're not a company. That doesn't mean that they're not huge, but they don't turn a profit to me. If you don't turn a profit, then why are you in business? Right? Wow. Like that's the, the monetary side of things is part of the reason, especially as small business owners and entrepreneurs, why we start a business is because there's a financial opportunity there for us to detach ourselves from the typical nine to five. So, I mean, time has yet to tell us if she's going to be able to turn the ship around, but I think history will tell us that it's probably going to take her a little bit longer than she thinks. And people are probably taking side bets by now. The, the cruel world of uh, yeah. behind the scenes, right? Uh, the bookies are getting out and, and playing it up, but uh, hopefully for her sake, she makes it. Yeah, I think so too. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a lot of s systems in place. You have a lot of uh, ideas. You have uh, the home of uh, Design to Sell. I think we're doing okay. I think we're going to give people a chance to get moving, especially if they they come to you, Coralyn, your partner, saying, I need a little help to get launch ready. And if you forgot, your digital home is, Coralyn. Uh, we can get to the show notes and description, have all that good stuff. Make sure that people are doing the linky links and clicking. Make sure they know where to go if they need the help. So thank you. This has been awesome. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And let's start a podcast. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.